ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors, Friday, September 15th edition on the eve of ECU, Appalachian State, as our producer, Philip Pilkin, had already put in the work this morning. Joe Sampson alongside, uh, Philip running around doing his thing, fixing the cameras, so appreciate your hustle. Philip got to get that exercise in on Friday, you know, before game weekend. So, uh, there we go. We've got the camera set up. Uh, Joe, we are, uh, oh. 27 and a half hours away from kickoff in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, how you feeling? I mean, I feel great. I'm, I'm not about to go kick off in, in the boonies. Um, so my body feels great. I gotta say, uh, I'm a little, little on edge, a little worried, uh, after the 2021 kind of, run down and how App State kind of played us historically in the past. This this one's a cause for concern in, in my mind. Tough game. We'll have our game picks later. ECU looking at an eight-and-a-half-point underdog uh, situation right now uh, as they head to the, 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 the boonies, as you said. Uh, the <laughs> Rock, as they say out in uh, yeah. App State, up the mountain. Pirates, by the way, going all white. Uh, yeah. And uh, so last year, I, there was a big white helmet curse. <laughs> And that was what was kind of the talk of, uh, the, you know, the situation with, hey, the ECU's in the white helmets, they're never going to win. Y'all did win in the throwbacks. Yes. Does that count as breaking the white helmet curse? Did y'all even wear, like, the regular yeah. Jolly Roger? We I mean, were one at for, uh, Tulane. Navy also. Navy. So, the, not too good there. Not not great showings. But it, but you I, did win in the white helmets. Yeah, won a bowl game in the white helmets also. So, I think that kind of adds to... The little rundown, but it, it comes down to it. Look good, play good, feel good. Right. I mean, especially... And all white looks slick. I don't care all, what anybody says. All white is fantastic. I don't care what program you are, who you are, if you're uh, an old head or if you're one of the new school guys as far as ways of thinking. All white is just insanely clean. Unless you're Penn State and you ruin it with black cleats, but that's another rant for another day. Absolutely. Well, Penn State uh, looking pretty good early this season, so... Uh, it, I, you know, they always say if you win, doesn't matter how how it looks. This but, is true. Uh, I don't know. It also matters how it looks sometimes when you're <laughs> when you're, when it's Thursday and we need something to talk about. Yeah. Wait, were you? Did you say Penn State oh, black cleats? Yeah, they were black cleats. Wait, how do you have black cleats when you have navy? They have blavy. Yeah, they were blavy. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Cancel Penn State. <laughs> the fashion the fashion world needs to cancel culture. Penn State blavy is like a cardinal sin. Yeah, that's, I think it was. Terrible. I think it was two years ago, uh, Marcus Allen had black cleats with a blue swoosh. The internet just lost it. Ugh, it was yeah. disgusting. But, yeah, they were all white. They'll have the Penn State white out, and you'll look down the wall. Black cleats, unless it's the uh, throwback, the whatever right. it is, the retro game. Then they can wear white cleats. Apparently that's going back in time, not only wearing yeah. black cleats. But, you they know, James Navy Franklin cleats. is James Franklin. Yeah, they should wear Navy cleats or silver. Silver would look nice. This is true. Nike, get on the phone. Come on. Come on, Phil Knight. You're better than that. <laughs> uh, we are live, by the way, on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Twitter, slash X. I think that we're not on threads yet. Can you live stream on threads? Is anybody still using threads? That was like a one-week thing. Um, sorry, I don't, what is a thread? I don't even know. That is the like Instagram version of Twitter. Yeah, I didn't even load it. Like I don't have the number. I don't have anything. I was like, I don't want it. Because you can't delete it. 
I yeah, don't even know what you guys are talking it. about. No, we are not streaming on it. I, have, I am totally lost in this conversation. I know I sound like I'm 85 Philip years old like, right now. Uh, am I supposed to start a, a stream on threads? <laughs> is that added no. to the list this week? Um, I was not told by my supervisors to do that. So until yeah. until someone really high up tells me to do that, we are not doing threads. We are definitely not doing threads. That Anti-threads. Was, uh, that was a little Show. bit of a joke. Um, all right. So we're live on YouTube, by the way. We're taking your questions. The best part about a Friday show is, hey, man, we talked App State all week. You see you all week. We've talked about the quarterbacks. I know you guys want to, you know, talk about the quarterbacks, talk about how much the offense stinks, all that sort of stuff. We talked a lot about that. We'll, you know, address that here shortly. But uh, the best part about a Friday show is we get to have some fun. You know, this we're going to make some picks here in a little bit. That's what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, we are uh, It's going to take your comments as well. And uh, I'll, I'll read this comment after I preface this with this. I have heard, uh, obviously, cover the program for a while you build some sources that we will see some changes to the offense this mm-hmm. week joe yeah um and to be honest how can you not change something after the the two games we've seen app state more vulnerable defensively than, than marshall and michigan mm-hmm. so um I, I think if you make these changes and we'll see what they are exactly tomorrow at around three thirty, but right we should have a much better feel after some changes with the offense can this thing be salvaged, or is this offense just going to be a major struggle all year? Yeah, that's what you have to try and understand. And when you go back to the drawing board and you kind of decide, is this what we want to do? Is this our team identity? And the answer is no. You want to run the ball effectively. You want to do the play-action pass, as Coach Case kind of mentioned. And and you want to have that kind of offense where the explosive players are going to come. He mentioned that also in his presser, that last year this was a team that was seventh in explosive plays. And I think right now we're 129 out of 132 or whatever the metric is. Paging Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, Paging Keaton Mitchell, uh, Javius Bond, time to step up. But it's what you have to do. If nothing's working, you have to go back to the drawing board and kind of redecide it. So I think changes are coming. I don't know what the changes are going to be. We can sit here and speculate all we want. We can sit here and think we know what's going on until Mike Houston rolls out. Whoever he's going to roll out personnel-wise, we won't know. And regardless of who the quarterback is, like Donnie and Mike Houston have said this week, and like we've talked about, we've referenced the numbers, the drop passes, the blocking, all of it has to be cleaned up, and obviously the quarterback has a lot to do with that situation. Whoever gets the call there mm-hmm. uh, will have to operate at a high efficiency in a tough environment. Uh, but the the whole operation needs to be cleaned up. You know, I wrote an article about the lack of downfield passing. Mason Garcia has only attempted one throw over 20 yards in yeah. two games. That was against Michigan. Flynn has done a handful. Um, but you can't really throw the ball downfield unless, A, you either are a great drop-back passing, pass-protecting O-line. Mm-hmm. ECU is not that right now. Or you're running the ball and you can set up play action. And right now, those two things are not happening. No, and you can't judge what you want to be based on what you are. Because if you want to throw the ball deep down the field, you have to get receivers open and create those clean looks for quarterbacks to deliver balls in tight windows. And Flynn's done a good job as far as getting that opportunity to kind of throw a couple tighter throws. But for Mason's sake, the receivers aren't getting separation either. I mean, it's yeah. very difficult to, one, throw when you're on your back, and sometimes when he kind of moves around in the pocket, it gets difficult to protect. But also, if a receiver's not getting separation, he can't throw that 35-yard post route that we saw Flynn throw or the 18-yard dig that we saw last year that Holton loved to throw and any of those big chunk plays that we're looking for. Uh, Pirate 2031 says, sweet outfit, Joe Sampson. So you got the uh, – oh, yeah. Only the best for the Pirates. That's an Adidas thing, I guess, mm-hmm. the uh, little patch there. Yeah, as a special shout-out to ECU Equipment. They always take care of me, have since I got here, and still take care of me now. So special shout-out to the EQ room. 
Uh, EQ room. How about some free gear for your boy? I go here. Uh, I can give you my address if you need it. I'll get him on the phone. Uh, I've gotten some. I've gotten some free gear from basketball and baseball. I've yet to get it from the football team. So wow. Hook a boy up. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to get some uh, get some gear, but hey, otherwise I'll keep rocking uh, the polos. I'll keep rocking the Under Armour polos or the striped polos that uh, mess up our camera. Yeah. Uh, which Joe was originally in before he had to change. Yeah. A little. Had to call an audible. You adjust it on did. the fly. I have to. And, and just like the EC offense, sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board. Coach K used to always say you got to have bent knees when you're playing <laughs> this game. If you stand still, you're going to get knocked out. Well, there you so, go. Got to have bent knees. Hope he has the same this weekend. Hopefully uh, the Pirates also fly a plane uh, and don't crash it <laughs> like he's referenced a few times in the past as well. Uh, Russ Walker says, let's have a fun. I go. Are you going to the – Wow, Russ, I need some, uh, I need better punctuation. First off, I need, uh, he said, let's rage. I'm going to try and interpret what you're trying to say here. Let's have a fun one, I go. Are you going to drink a beer with me this weekend? I don't know, Russ, where are you going to be at? Let me know, uh, text me, and we'll, uh, We'll, we'll get together and. The I go tailgate show. Yeah, it'll have to be several hours before kickoff because I gotta work. And I cannot do it uh, buzzing, so I gotta uh, gotta get that in early. And just one uh, is the maximum. Uh, Jack Dover says I go. I heard a report that Lincoln Riley is coming back, so maybe those are the offensive chains. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> clearly he's just leaving Caleb Williams in the middle of the night. Wouldn't be the first time a USC coach did that, though. That is and true. Lane Kiffin just kind of left in the dead of night and took a new job. So maybe Lincoln Riley's built for Greenville and Lane Kiffin's not. Who knows? We know uh, we know Lincoln and his wife actually do love it in Greenville. They do. Like Lane Kiffin and his wife. This is also true. Um, and look, the pressure of L.A. being at USC can get to some folks. I mean, we, we talked a lot about how Pirate Nation's been up in arms this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it is a little less pressure in Greenville as opposed to Los Angeles. Yeah, I think Boneyard Collective also probably is a big thing to do with that. They're going to bring Caleb right. Williams with them. Absolutely, it's, they it's can a package afford that. Deal. So that's that's what's going to happen, and then that's what will roll out with the 30-day grace period or whatever it is with the transfer portal rules. If the coach leaves, Caleb Williams will be under center by Saturday. That's just how it's going to work. Absolutely. Well, hey, that would be a, <laughs> that would be some changes that people could be fired up about until ECU lost to App yeah. Lincoln Rally at the helm, then they want to fire him too. Until people are like, "Wow, Caleb Williams is terrible. He's only a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> Throw him away." I, I do wonder how Caleb Williams would look behind this offensive line and with this receiving core right now. Like, I think he would make some plays, but it wouldn't be as, as pretty as it looks in the SC. Yeah, no. it's it, He's very fortunate out there with a lot of great they talent. Guys. And that's just the difference between Power 5 and non-Power 5. It, it's slates right now as the talent fall-off is usually in the trenches as opposed to the skill positions. Uh, Adam Hummel says, is Chase so healthy? Talk about not playing with bent knees. Yeah, he played last week. He actually made his first career catch. He got smacked in that opener, uh, yeah. <laughs> which was uh, part of the problem. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, But he was back last week, he so was, he should yeah. be good. Yep. He played a good bit in the second half. Um, I don't know the total number of snaps off my hand, but 18 to 20, I think it was, just as far as outside. I think, too, that... Like we need, if you're ECU, you need one of these big receivers to step up. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I like what I've seen in the slot at times. We've talked about Jalen Johnson; he's obviously got to be more consistent. But you need like a Chase Soul mm-hmm. or a Ryan King, Keelan Robinson, Jarrett Garner to step up, make some fifty-fifty catches. First off, you got to throw them, like we talked about. But there's just been no vertical passing game right now, and, and part of that is because you have no X receiver. You're throwing a name around that I want to see more of, Ryan King. 
big physical frame, the 50-50 balls, as we mentioned, and that's just what ECU is missing. I mean, last year they had Isaiah Winstead to throw it up to. In years past, it's been C.J. Johnson, Blake Prohl, even Tyler Schneed at 5'4", yeah. went up and he got made 50, some plays, 50 balls. Yeah. And that's what you're missing in a dynamic offense right now is the ability to kind of, okay, here, take this one for me. I need a playoff. Go get it. And we saw Josiah Hatfield, if he is in one-on-one coverage, it's hard to overthrow him. He ran under that ball from Flynn last week, made the dive and catch. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that really counts as a 50-50 ball, but it, it's a vertical passing game. So, you know, that's what you got to do when you get those opportunities. Uh, Pirate2031 says Joe is hurting our hearts with Power 5 talk. Um, it's just, you know, it's just honesty. Jalen Johnson said it best. I think going into the Michigan game, he was like, look, the difference between Georgia and East Carolina from a skill position player mm-hmm. standpoint isn't that much. Mm-mm. It's just in the trenches because they just don't build enough 6'5", 300-pound guys who can move. They just don't make those. I mean, we've been spoiled with a couple in the past. Like, Deontay was an absolute mammoth of a man and light on his feet and just kind of moved differently, but... They don't make many like that. And when they do, they wind up in Kirby Smart's lap or in Nick Saban's office or sitting there out west and Lincoln Riley's like, you know, I think in three years from now, they're going to call your name in the first round. And you can't say no to that when you're that kind of size and that kind of build. Well, I think the issue, too, is like, you know, we people get mad when we bring up ECU's not a Power Five when we talk about the Power Five here in Greenville. But at the end of the day, that is to your kind of your point, Joe. That's the ultimate recruiting tool, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to a kid's house and there is a P five next to your team's logo, that is a recruiting tool that we do not have. And Coach Logan likes to talk about it when the BCS was invented when he was here, and he said, "Look, this is going to hurt EC recruiting once the BCS started with these six conferences." are more prestigious than the other conferences. And regardless of a program's history or a coach or how many games they won last year, at the end of the day, the national media or NCAA or whoever created this crap has put that label on these on these what was then six conferences, is now five conferences, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. It's just the truth. It's all ESPN. It's all uh, the media. But ESPN kind of coined the whole Power Five deal. The problem is... uh, and I, I agree. Like it's it's super frustrating for somebody who covers East Carolina because even though at twenty four seven sports, there's all these here are the top Power Five quarterbacks of the week or whatever. Like no, everybody's playing D one football. Mm-hmm. Like why should Vanderbilt or <laughs> Rutgers be tre- treated differently than East Carolina or UTSA? Like it's stupid. So yeah. Um, but I get I, I get both sides. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you got to be realistic too. It's a it's a narrative thing, and unfortunately, it's been pushed so much. And nobody wants to say, instead of just going Power 5, you don't want to say, well, this week in the ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac, whatever, yeah. and uh, SEC, here were the top performers. Blame the TV deals. Blame conference realignment. I mean, we saw it when the Big East dissolved. We saw it when the American used to have Rutgers, and they left for the Big 10. And we saw when Maryland left the ACC for the Big 10 to make room for Louisville. It's just always shuffling. It's constant movement. Are we going to refer to SMU next year as a Power 5 team? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, especially for us. Well, that's the, is it going to be in Power 5 because PAC is disappearing? So yeah, is it so going to be P4? Does the PAC die out and it becomes a, a bump for the American? They become P5? Do you just let the PAC-12 die because it's the PAC-4 now? I mean, It's PAC-2 now. It's yeah. the PAC-2. It's basically whatever ESPN wants to yeah, push. I think they're going to go with a PAC. I think the way I've understood it, they're going to go with a Power 4. 
Which is I believe it. Yeah, those four teams will get the four buys, I think, is yeah. how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then the other eight teams will, will have large to play bids. in the first round. Is that large? Yeah. Bids. And then you sprinkle in Ohio State, who loses to Michigan because Michigan's the winner. Yeah. You go sprinkle in Clemson, who didn't have a good year because somebody else won the ACC, and you get your ratings. And that's what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. it's a broken system, but... Obviously, we have no power to fix it. We just deal with it, and uh, we look. We've tried to fight the fight. I will call it the corrupt five, uh, the or, corrupt, uh, five. whatever it takes. But at the end of the day, nobody's listening to to from a national perspective to what I'm saying. That's no. not going to change the narrative. But if you're an East Carolina fan, we're preaching to the choir. Unfortunately, we are. so I mean, you guys know the deal. Um, uh, Pirate twenty thirty one says Vanderbilt and Indiana are power five. Also, it's crap. We got to continue to fight against it. Yeah, I've seen ECU lose multiple recruits to Indiana just because they're in the Big Ten, and these kids want to go to the Big Ten, play these schools, mm-hmm. play and Penn finish State. at last. Yeah, uh, play Rutgers. Right, they're excited about Northwestern, uh, Purdue. I, can, I love a, a good uh, Indiana-Purdue matchup. That gets me fired up. Nothing gets me more excited than watching Iowa win ten to three in November. Oh, boy. No, but, like, Joe, you can speak to this because you played during COVID. Mm-hmm. In a way, I think it's because these kids would rather go play in front of 106,000 in the big house no, than come to the American and play against in front of 6,000 at Tulane like we did last year. Yeah, ECU is one of the bigger stadiums in the American. We have, I think it's a capacity of 53 or 55,000, yeah. which is a very good stadium and a very large stadium. And then you go to Tulane at 6,000. Rice has four fans. You go to Charlotte. Hey, give them the, credit. They're six. <laughs> yeah. Now, Charlotte only has four. You Rice go to Charlotte for the Biff Pogi era. He brought in Biff a fifth Biff Pogi fan bought now. all four of those fans. <laughs> FAU's got old people from Boca rooting for them that think they're at shuffleboard. I mean, that's just the, the result of how the Americans built. So ECU is at the top part of the understanding and where we represent a conference. But also, when you look at us in the grand scheme, they don't give us the respect we deserve. So public apology to the people who don't like the Power Five talk. Don't blame me. Blame ESPN. It's all ESPN's fault. It's Always. all Disney's fault. This is the reason they're going bankrupt. All right, let's let's uh, let's get our first uh, break in. We'll come back. We'll transition to game picks, which is the most exciting part of our week. Outside of the fact I am absolutely abysmal at game picks. Are you taking a ban? We'll talk about that on the other side. I may have to sit this week out. Uh, this is Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, there's Mike Houston. Welcome us back into the show. Tomorrow's game day, a big day for uh, Coach Houston and the Pirates. We'll see if they can get back on track. And uh, Joe Sampson is in studio. We just had a unscripted Power 5 rant. If you want <laughs> to get mad at somebody, get mad at Joe for that and ESPN. Um we're going to ship him off to Bristol, Connecticut soon enough where he can head uh, head into the, the Power 5 propaganda firsthand. Don't put me in a room with those boys talking Power 5. It will go badly for them. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm all you, set to go. You can wear your only the best for Pirate shirt. Only the best. Uh, all right, boys. This game time in terms of picking games and... Uh, the, the slate leaves uh, quite a lot to be desired on the college front this weekend. And I had trouble picking five games to pick. I ended up including Colorado because of all this nonsense. I, I can't stand it. We'll talk about that shortly. I picked against Dion twice now. I gotta, I got to let my personal feelings leave the table. I'm 2-9 and nine 
against the spread through two weeks. And I, I don't know what's worse, ECU offense or my picks. I was about to say, you're one win away from Coach Mo years. Yeah, this is uh, – I, 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 I might be Coach Mo. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the radio version of Coach Mo. I go. You complimented me last week when I picked the Falcons to cover, putting my emotions aside, and that's the only NFL game I got right. There you go. Learn from me. Listen, I can't have any say in this. My personal biases came through once again, but that's another rant. Yeah, and you don't have a quarterback. Good luck the next 16 weeks. Hey, Zach Wilson, man. We're going. It's the 2000 Ravens. We just need Trent Dilfer. And that's all he has to be. Yeah, but the 2000 Ravens didn't have to beat Patrick Mahomes and, uh, you know, and Burrow and and all those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Much different NFL back then. They knocked off the Giants. I don't even know who was the Giants quarterback of this. Was it Kerry Collins? Yeah, it was Kerry Collins. Yeah, exactly. Russ has a good question. He says, How to ECU an app not get slated for an actual ESPN slot? I don't know, Russ, because. You look at this week, it's awful, and the fact that this game is on ESPN+. Plus, and I'm not just saying this because I cover ECU, but this should be a quote-unquote rivalry or semi-rivalry yeah. game. At least the U. At least the U. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't looked at the schedule, like breaking down what the TV slots are, but I think this would be a – though I say that, maybe it's not a very attractive game, but it should be more attractive than it is. So Historically, three o'clock, it should be. Oh, good, sorry. 3 o'clock or 3.30 ESPN is Minnesota and Carolina. That's ESPN. So, yeah. ESPN 2 is in-state rivalry. Big in-state rivalry here, boys. Oklahoma travels to Tulsa. Oh, oh yeah. It. There it is. Got to have that one on. I don't think there is an ESPN U game. Oh, there's one at 4 o'clock, and it is Tulane and Southern Miss. So that's that one. Wow. So those are the three that are ahead of us. Old rivalry renewed there. That's yeah. what that is. That is. I think we should be over Oklahoma and Tulsa, but I guess because <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma's number 19 and they're Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma, man. Power five. Power five. I do understand the Minnesota-Carolina thing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Carolina. Non-conference, Big Ten versus ACC. I yeah. get that one. Tulsa and Oklahoma. Hey, respect to Oklahoma for traveling to Tulsa, though. They're at, I mean, Tulsa? It'll, yeah, at Tulsa? It'll be all Oklahoma fans. It will be. But, hey, at least they're playing true road games. unlike like Bama for the first time yeah. in 40 they're years. At Tulsa. Yeah. It must have been a home-and-home. Home. I don't know. It must have been from, like, 2014 that they're playing now. Probably. Tulsa has one of the worst stadiums I've ever been to. Um, it's yeah. a high school stadium. Uh, L- All right, let's get into the picks. LSU is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Mississippi State. LSU already has a loss. So when you're looking at college football playoff, they really can't afford another one. They're going to the Cowbells in Starkville. Mississippi State's been pretty good this year. Uh, early on, 2-0, and I believe. Uh, tough place to play, nine-and-a-half. How how do we feel about this game, uh, Joe? It's ooh, uh, the fighting Brian Kelly's are a difficult topic to kind of believe in, especially when you watch him put up a stinker against FSU and there was all this insurmountable hype about Jaden Daniels and how the offense was going to look. So I'm going to go against my better judgment. I'm going to pick against the man and his family. Family. And I'm going to take Mississippi State points. He's going against the family. Mississippi State this year, 48-7 win over Southeastern Louisiana and a 31-24 win over Arizona. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Absolutely, the pirate himself. Uh, Philip, uh, I think I should let you pick first and just pick the other team. That's that's completely fair. If y'all want to do that, that's <laughs> no, fine. I will, I will go. So I think uh, LSU played Grambling last week, put up 72, and I think that is the confidence builder they needed to be back on track. They, I picked them, and I regretted it week one, but I'm going to pick the Tigers again, and uh, 
hopefully uh, be right. So I'm going LSU. Is that where Hugh Jackson is? Is he at Grambling now, or is he at? Uh... Um, I think he was he last Grambling? year. That's an go question. Hugh Jackson. Let's Google it up. He is the just, American football coach who is the head football coach at Grambling State yeah, University. Yeah, losing just like for the Browns. Nothing's yeah. changed. There you go. I'm going. Uh, I'm going LSU here. I think this is a tight game. I almost want to do the opposite of what I intend to do, but I, I, I tell you what, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna roll with it. Not gonna overthink it this week. This will be a tight game. LSU scores late to win by double digits. So. Give me the Tigers. I do like the fact they basically had a de facto bye last week, whereas Mississippi State <laughs> played an overtime game Yeah, uh, against Arizona. Had to sweat that one out. Tennessee is a six-point favorite at Florida. Tennessee, speaking of bye weeks, they're coming off a game against Austin P, where they just look like crap. And that's why I'm taking Tennessee. I think that they just basically treated it as a preseason game to, to gear up for Florida. I think J.V. McRae gave us some great insight into what Tennessee does well, and that's throw the ball, not run the ball. But Florida's abysmal. I mean, they look bad. They did. They did have a de facto. How many de facto bye weeks do these SEC teams have? They played McNeese State and beat in. Uh, they won forty-nine to seven, but that was after a bad loss to Utah. This is in the swamp, though. I'm still going Tennessee. How about you? I'm taking Tennessee, but that's because I think Florida's abysmal. Um, I think Heupel gets enough offensive output from Milton. I think Florida's quarterback play is so bad that Tennessee looks good. So give me Tennessee. I mean, that's the thing. If Tennessee scores like in the 30s or 40s, there's no way Florida keeps yeah. pace, right? If you score 44, Florida might score 14. Philip, uh, Utah looked bad last week against a bad Baylor team, and Florida got wrecked by Utah week one. And with a backup quarterback, might I add you, and they didn't even know they were in a, like an ECU situation. We're going to play two guys because we don't know who our guy is, and they still got wrecked by Utah. So Florida stinks. Give me good old Rocky Top, Tennessee. Party like it's 98. So go. we're all on the Vols. Look for the Gators to pull it out. Yeah, that's the best Saturday. way. I go took the Vols. Yeah. I might need to go back. Minnesota. And uh, P.J. Fleck, they're rowing the boat down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. UNC is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Minnesota has looked meh this year early on, but they did beat uh, Nebraska. I don't even know what they did last week. Um, at North Carolina, seven-and-a-half. Philip, you start us off here because you've already written down your pick on the, the Google spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Tar Heels. I, I think they uh, had a – team come in last week that was hungry that played to their level and uh they think they're a lot better than app and they shouldn't have gone into double overtime and i think they come out with a chip on their shoulder i think they play really well uh i'm gonna go carolina eastern michigan played minnesota last week minnesota won 25 to 6 so minnesota has given up 16 points in two games unc will score more than 16 points and they will win the game by more than seven and a half so i'm going tar hills uh, i kind of agree with you like emotional win but they probably feel like they didn't play their best i think they come out pretty motivated and win the game cover the spread what's the line again seven and a half yeah no hammer the tar heels joe is on the heels uh ecu and appalachian state app state the line is at eight and a half it got close to 10 and has moved down, which tells you a lot of people are on the Pirates. Um, this game is, is, is tough. I mean, we know that they're 
ECU doesn't have an offensive identity right now. They don't have an offense. Um, but I'm not sold on App State. I'm just going to say that. I, I think they played over their heads last week. I think they are vulnerable. My my only concern is can like even if ECU holds App to the mid twenties, which I think is very doable, can they score enough to cover the spread or win the game? Right now, I just I don't know. Like App could win twenty four to thirteen and easily cover. And as much as I want to pick the Pirates, as much as it would not shock me to see ECU go up there and play well and uh, have a shot to win the football game, my football head I'm taking the emotion out of it. Until ECU proves it can score points in college football, it's hard to pick them to cover a college football spread. So I'm going uh, going App State to cover at home. Joe. I need to make a statement. The Joe Sampson that was once a pirate wore 87, ran out the tunnel, will always believe in the ECU Pirates. Joey Football, the analyst, the talking head, as he's been referred to, and the now pro on the radio, as I've been dubbed. I'm going to take App State, and I'm going to need to hide my address and delete my Twitter. Philip, um, I want to tell all of our listeners, tune in Monday at noon to see who they get to replace all three of us, because we're all getting fired, Mountaineers. All right, so we got a bad trend going here, fellas. We are all on App, we're all on UNC, and all in Tennessee. This is good news for ECU, I think. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping I can right the wrongs of the past and pick the opposite. Maybe I'm just a jinx. I feel like this is setting up to be a classic. And again, this is the problem: is I just don't know ECU. If ECU had an offense that could prove that it proved it could score, I would feel pretty good. But like, here's the thing: we're talking about how bad ECU is all week. App is getting pats on the back. Oh, they played North Carolina overtime, all that sort of stuff. Uh, they're being told how good they are. App or ECU is being told how bad they are. This is the classic example mm-hmm. of people all on App side. ECU sneaks up, bites them in the rear end. Uh, right. Coming off an emotional game, ECU should come out motivated. Their season's on the line. I mean, let's be real. If you start 0-3, I don't know what the odds say, but it's not going to be good in terms of having a good season. So this is the week. It's just, can ECU find enough offense? I really think the defense is good enough to keep them in the game, win the game, but you got to score in the 20s, I think, to win it. you got to call it a must-win. And it's funny to call it a must-win because every game is a must-win game until it's not. But if you want to right the ship, to use the analogy, you want to turn the cruise ship one degree at a time, it has to start this week, and you have to score. You have to believe in whatever offense you decide to roll out there. If you roll out the triple option, you better run the veer like it's never been run before. This is the game to circle. I hope I'm proven wrong, but I just don't see the historic way that this rivalry's kind of gone. East Carolina can kind of stay up to it, especially now, first time they're playing in Boone, hostile environment. No, it's not the big house, but it is a lot more personal. could be a lot closer to home. So you have to start it out. You have to go hot. You have to kind of have a big chunk play, double pass, something like that to kind of get the guys on the sideline back into it. So it becomes difficult for me to kind of pick against the Pirates. But, Philip, your turn. Uh, we all... We're all taking app, right? Yeah, yeah. Our- yeah, no, I just wanted to oh, reason. So I uh, reasoning? Stop having oh, okay. to get yeah, crucified. Just, um, I kind of built off what you guys said. It's, it's lack of offense. App has looked good. 
Um, yeah, their defense didn't look great against Gardner-Webb, but I think they went to Chapel Hill last week and played to the competition. I don't mm-hmm. think that Carolina necessarily played bad. There were some, you know, there were some things here and there, but hey, it's week two. And uh, after what I saw, and I know this is two different teams two years ago, but App gets up for this game. I think, yeah, they might have had their Super Bowl last week, but I, I think they're going to be riding that high again, man. I, I think they're pumped, and I just – we're probably all wrong. Hopefully we're all wrong. Now that we're all picking, it's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm feeling like ECU may come and pull this one out, but, like, I don't know. It's just – We don't want to talk ourselves yeah, into changing like, our Yeah, it's like, okay, picking ECU right now is like picking Gonzaga. It's like once they win the tournament, I'll pick them to win the tournament. It's like once ECU wins – I'll pick them to win, but right now they've just given me no reason to pick them. We're all non-believers, Pirates, to prove us wrong. When uh, Mike Houston has this comment on Monday about wanting my job, I'm not leaving. Joe is not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, App, if you look at their historic uh, big home games, they typically lose quite a number of them. This is you know, going to be a big home game for them, so... Uh, they they haven't played bad, but like the UNC game last year, they didn't win. They hosted Miami uh, a number of years ago, played bad that game. Uh, so they have historically, when when teams come up the mountain and there's a lot of hype, mm. sometimes they'll have a letdown. So we'll see. We're trying to talk ourselves into the Pirates winning. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, last yeah, they hosted game day last year and lost. Remember? Just, yeah. Or no, they won the uh, they won, but it was on that lucky. Remember, it was Troy. They oh, won on that yeah. cheap Hail Mary. So they yeah. should have lost that game. They That's didn't right. play well That's at right. all. You're right. They did win. And then their season tanked. Troy. Yeah. So like when when App starts getting hyped, that is when they sometimes fall on their face. So we'll see what happens this weekend. All right, Colorado State at Colorado, uh, the old rivalry in the state of Colorado. And uh, Colorado's a 24-point favorite. Wasn't going to have this game on the list. I've picked against Dion twice now. And... Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach, had to come out and say that he talks to grown-ups and he takes his glasses and his sunglasses off. Dion, this morning or last night, uh, gave his entire team sunglasses. So, you know, Dion's using this as motivation. I think Colorado rolls. I think they win like 40 to 20. The only sample size we have uh, from uh, Washington State or from Colorado State is they lost to Washington State 50 to 24. And uh, I said 40 to 20. I'm going to have to say 50 to 20 to cover that 24-point spread. I'm going Dion. I'm riding with Coach Prime. Give me the Buffaloes. Joe. Did you have to make it personal? Did you have to give him a reason to kind of pick against you, Jay Norvell? Colorado State is already rebuilding. They, they are in shambles as far as a program goes for where they need to be, especially in a conference that's dying. You couldn't have picked a worse week to go and piss off Coach Prime. I'm taking the Buffaloes. It's not close. I think Sanders probably has another game near the 5-10 mark. I think it's just air raid bombs away. Travis Hunter, two touchdowns at least. Phillip, this game I think is going to be a little different now. They're not playing at mile high like they used to. You know, what up with your boys not hosting the game there, I go? They have to save the field for Russell Wilson's legs. Uh, He woke up feeling dangerous. But uh, the Rams always get up for this game. I think they keep it just – they hang around just enough early to, to cover. I, I got the Rams. Wow, you going not, are you going opposite of prime? That's yeah, tough, Yeah, I've man. picked him the last two weeks, and I've won the last two weeks. All right. But, uh, hey, you're yeah. the best picker of us all thus far, so. Yeah. I, mean, I got family season ticket holders to the Rams, so, you know, maybe maybe that has a little bit to do with it. I don't so know. what – Collegiate alliances? Do you not have family? I know, with dude, at this point, we, like, I've got family in Florida, Texas, South Dakota, an uncle that's from North Dakota, Arizona, 
California. Yeah, I got family everywhere, man. I've yeah, family in Utah. Like, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I got <laughs> bad God. news for y'all. I've got four of the five same picks as each of y'all. So good luck. All right. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll pick NFL. Uh, we also got a good question on Facebook I want to address. Jay says, if the coaches came out and had announced a quarterback change for this week and Alex Flynn would be the starter, would that change our predictions? We'll uh, we'll address that uh, to close out the show. But let's get our break in. We'll come back. We'll talk NFL. Hoist the colors. Here there be pirates. Back to hoist the colors with Stephen Igo. How good is this? On 94.3, the game. All right. Welcome back into the show. We just did our college picks. We got to hurry up and make our NFL picks. We also got to address Jay's question about uh, the quarterback situation. We'll do that to close up the show. Um, it is our Anson Belt Lock of the Week segment, so we'll get to those as well uh, here here shortly. I believe. Phil, are you going to roll with uh, one of your college picks as your lock? Yeah, I'm going to do my Anson Belt Buckle Lock of the Week. I'm going to go with Tigers of LSU to cover nine and a half. So you're rolling with the Tigers. Are, are you saving yours for NFL or are you going Oh, college? I'm NFL. Okay. All right, let's do our NFL picks. Ravens coming off a win at the Bengals. The Bengals coming off a just horrific performance. Uh, just abysmal. Uh, T. Higgins, no catches, thanks, for all my fantasy team. <laughs> um, I'm a big bounce-back guy. You'll see this with the picks this week. Bengals bounce back. I think they beat the Ravens uh, by a touchdown and cover the spread. So I am going Cincinnati at home, Joe. It comes a point where I have to pick against my gut. And my gut tells me to not doubt Joe Burrow and that the Jamar Chase issue in the first week was just them getting on the same page with no preseason. But i got to tell you, I'm buying into the hype and the Keaton Mitchell-led Baltimore Ravens. Can you really lead them on IR? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Uh, that's true. Come on now. Uh, give me the Ravens. Give me the spread. I think it's not what we're expecting, but I think the Ravens pull it out. So Bengals looking at an 0-2 start. Uh, Phillip? Uh, I'm going to uh, do the wrong thing and go with I go here. I've got the Bengals. Hey, I only went 2-3 and three in the NFL That's last true. You did better than I. I got one game right. So. All right, so I'm better than you at uh, picks. <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs at Jaguars. Chiefs, three and a half. At the Jags, y'all know where I'm going here. Bounce back. Chiefs get the road W. I do think this will be a close game, and then Mahomes makes a play late. Chiefs win on the road uh, to cover the spread. Joe? I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to take the Jaguars, and that is not by any slight of the fact that I don't think the Chiefs can win. I think there's too much around the Chiefs right now with Chris Jones coming back, with Kelsey coming back, the question marks of if they're going to play, if they don't play. And I think there's not enough focus in the locker room. So I think the Jaguars come out. Doug Peterson is a great game with Trevor Lawrence again. So I take Trevor Lawrence. I take the Jags. Joe riding with Zay Jones. Was this the AFC Championship or the Divisional Round last Divisional year? Divisional last year. So. Revenge game, too. I'm a big revenge game guy, but I'm still going Chiefs. Everything you just said, Joe, would normally make sense, but Andy Reid's the coach. And Pat so Mahomes. everything you just said is irrelevant. Chiefs. We'll see. Phillip is riding with the Chiefs. Jets are a nine-point dog in Dallas. We always know Dallas gets some, some large bets because they have so many fans who lay the money. Uh, but obviously quarterback questions. For New York, uh, you're, you're going to start this one because you are a Jets fan. I'm just going to—I oh. know where you're going here, but you, you're giving me the start. Yep, you're starting. Just like Zach Wilson getting the start this weekend in Jerry's world, 
Give me the Jets by the points. I think Alan Lazard comes out and has a huge game because they'll be so focused on Garrett Wilson. I think the other thing we're not remembering is Brees Hall is that guy. I think he runs all over Dallas's defense. I think it's going to look completely different to what the Giants did last week when they laid an egg and put up a stinker. So give me the Jets points. Give me the Jets on the spread. Give me the Jets always. Anytime I can get nine in an NFL game, also just, that just a total mismatch. I'm taking the points. Uh, I'm, give, I'm going with the Jets. Yeah, anytime the Cowboys are big time favorites at home, they always seem to usually lose or barely cover. Um, I think there's too much hype around the boys. I think everybody's doubting the Jets too hard. I'm, I'm going to go Jets to cover. All right, my Anson Belt lock of the week. The Denver Broncos will bounce back. They will beat the Washington Commanders at home. The Broncos are a three and a half point favorite. They will win by at least a touchdown. Give me the Denver Broncos uh, to, to get to 101 and bounce back, Joe. I have to take this. This is a tough one for me because the first instinct would be, oh, pick against Russell Wilson. He's not what he was. But I saw the way they played the Raiders, who are probably a similar skill level to what the Commanders are going to be. So I think they figure it out this week. Give me the Broncos also. I might regret that when I wake up Sunday morning. But Jaquan McMillan, former ECU alum as well, needs always, to play. Always have a connection. Give me the Broncos. Philip. Uh, you guys don't lose two in a row at home, uh, Broncos. If they do lose this game, the season's over. I'm okay. just going to say that. Are you Are declaring you it? Then? Yeah, it's over. This is the must win. Must win for Sean Payton. If we start with an onside kick this time, please recover it after it goes 10 yards. All right, Saints at Panthers. Saints are a three-point favorite. Panthers, by the way, trying to avoid an 0-2 start. Uh, you guys know where I'm going here. Bounce back. Panthers at home. I'm not a big Saints believer. I do like Derek Carr, uh, but I do think the Panthers win at home Monday Night Football and get to 1-1. First win in the Bryce Young era. Joe. Phillip. Do not hate me when I say this. I think Derek Carr just has to play well enough to not be bad. I think he just has to outplay what the Panthers can do offensively by three points, which is where we kind of sit. So give me the Saints by the spread. It could be one of those things where they get completely blown out by the Panthers and they just unleash something in Bryce Young and Vegas covers it. But give me the Saints. Give me the points. Phillip. Um, the Panthers didn't actually play terrible last week. They just made big-time mistakes. Like, their mistakes were just glaringly horrible. But play in and play out, they were actually probably the better team. More first downs, more yards, more time possession. Um, I think they play just as well, and I think they clean up the mistakes. Give me the Panthers at home. Monday Night Football, baby. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> By the way, are you, are you making your lock of the week? Yes, pick? my answer belt lock of the week, for those of you who know me. I always have something wild to say because I woke up feeling dangerous this morning. I go, give me the Buccaneers minus three. Anson Belton buckle lock of the week is the Buccaneers. And who are they playing? Oh, crud. I just had it. <laughs> I, no, I just had it in my head. His lock of the week is the Buccaneers will help beat. me, Philip. Now I'm blanking. I don't know. I gotta look it up. This is bad. No, I don't even want to help you because you've already made yourself look stupid. That is, yeah, I've already they're made playing, myself look dumb. They're the playing Bears. the Bears. It's the Bears. Thank right, you. Well, yeah, it's Justin Fields. That was my lock point. of the week. My uh, answer lock of the week is the Bucks against the Bears. Good job. I blanked on the double B, guys. I have an ECU education. There you go. Lock, lock of the week presented by Anson Belt and Buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelt.com backslash ECU and check out their great collection of holist belts, including ECU officially licensed buckles, Anson Belt and Buckle, the official belt of ECU athletics. Quick, uh, Scott wants to know our NL wildcard selections. 
uh, here before we get our final break. Right now, the Phillies, Cubs, and and uh, Giants are in the process of being in that wild card, but the Giants are tied with the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Miami Marlins are half a game out. It's convoluted. Uh, who do you guys think emerges here? The Marlins. The Marlins. Philip. I haven't looked at everybody's schedule enough to know, but uh, I'm going to go with the Reds. Make a blind pick. Scott's yeah. a Red fan, so Red's not bad he'll enjoy that. I'm going. Uh, I'm going with the uh, the Diamondbacks. I think they get the third spot. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Reds fans. Sorry, Marlins fans, if any exist. All right, let's get a uh, final break in. We'll come back. We'll address Jay's question about the quarterback situation and wrap up the show. Hoist the colors. Ninety four three. The game. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. Check out me, Aussie Joe Ho. 194.3 The Game. All right, welcome back to the show. Got a couple minutes left on this Friday, Joey Football Friday edition of the show. Joe Sampson is in the studio. Philip Pilkinen is producing. Jay Searle says if the coaches came out and had announced a quarterback change for this week and Alex Flynn would be the starter, would that change our predictions? We all picked App to cover the spread. Oh, with a few caveats, but um, I, for me personally, it would not. I think the offense would look smoother, but at the end of the day, the there, there's more issues than just the quarterback for me. It's the O-line, lack of running game, receivers got to step up. To me, just switching the quarterback does not mean an automatic fix, so I, I don't think it would change my prediction. What do you all say? I say the same thing. You're plugging a hole in a sinking boat that has multiple holes in it. Anytime you have an offense that scored 16 points total as a unit, and uh, nine of them are field goals, and then the other seven is a three-yard touchdown on 32 personnel where you bring the tight end around on a play-action pass and you hit him in the back of the end zone, you're not looking at a great offensive output by any means, and if you plug and play a different quarterback, it could change how the game is called, but I don't think it changes the game entirely. I still take app. If we were betting like the time of possession, maybe I would go more towards ECU if there was a different quarterback, but yeah, like you guys said, I just haven't seen enough overall to think that one guy and an offense of 11 people is going to make that much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, even if Flynn you know, somehow started, it would be can they run the ball, which is possible against that, but I think you know you can run it with Mason or Flynn in there. That's, to me, is what it's going to come down to, and then does that open up the passing game, or do you hit the passes early to open up the run? Here's another question for you guys. If ECU scores in the – let's say they score 24 or more points, do they win Saturday? If they score more than 24, yes. But if they can't get past the 21 threshold, the defense will hold enough plays and enough stops that they could get that kind of turnaround, but they have to score over 20. Yeah, I don't think App has an explosive enough offense to uh, beat us if we're up there at the 24, 27, 28 range, but uh, that's a lot for the Pirates to score. Really? We're going to eat our it's words. insane, man. I hope we have a lot of apologies coming on If Monday. ECU gets into like the 30s and wins somehow, we're going to just replay this show and just laugh at ourselves on Monday. Who am I? You're you're now a media I, member. Who am yeah, I? We've taken you to the dark side. You did a couple weeks ago That's say it like is. it's our job when you describe the media. And like I wanted to start playing the Darth Vader music. I just didn't have it up. I'm wearing black, too, like right next to Igo. This really is just like the come to the dark side moment. Yes. That's what happened. We're secretly on app side. I mean, we're wearing black. We got yellow in the background. Uh, we're just what we're doing is trying to put the voodoo on app. And Darth that way, Joey. Pirates get it done. <laughs> All right, we'll see how it goes this weekend, Saturday, 3.30. Thank you guys for listening all week long. Thanks to Joey. 
thanks to Philip Pilkington. Appreciate you guys' comments online as well. We'll talk to you Monday, 12 noon. This has been Hoist the Colors. Have a good weekend. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 The Game.